Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Hello, everybody. My name's Tony. I'm Peggy, and we're the happiest campers. Well, we're about to be, at least this weekend. That's uh, right. We are going camping. It is so incredible. So exciting. We have a friend who said that we can spend a couple of nights at their property. So we're going. Yep. We're going to get out of the house for a couple of days, and we couldn't be more excited. Indeed. And we may follow that up with a harvest host stay as well. Oh. Because we need, we are low on wine and low on beef and pork products. This is a true statement. So we are going to go visit our Harvest host at Six Sigma then, right? Yes, we are. All right. Yeah, so we're going to go from a cool place on the lake near where we live to a Harvest host location. Cool place off the lake near where we live. (laughs) Indeed. We're staying all within the county. That's right. But... We are going camping, and that's what counts. And we have some friends who are going to camp socially distant from us. Yes. And we're going to bring our new tripod that our friend the blacksmith made for us. Yes. And do some more experimentation with that. I want to make another pizza. Yeah, that turned out so (laughs) surprisingly well. If you don't know what the heck we're talking about, we did some videos of this. They're not very good videos, but nonetheless, (laughs) they're videos. And we showed off a tripod that we can hang over our propane campfire that we can cook with. And then Devin, our friend, the blacksmith has upped it even better and made an adjustable height kind of hanging a majigger. That's right. So now we have to make some more videos because we have a new attachment for yeah. our tripod, a hanging ometer, a hanging a majigger. And we have to remember to put the cast iron skillet in the camper. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've been using it at the house and, at Camp Boredom. We set up Camp Boredom here actually on our property. Right. And that's where the videos were filmed. Filmed? Shot. There was no <laughs> film involved. We're just waiting for them to come back from the developer. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the photo mat. Some of you are like, what in the what world are, they, are talking they talking about? about? Okay, sit down by the campfire, kitties. And back, <laughs> back in my day, they used to have a place called Photomat, and you would drive up and have your film developed from your camera. And you would take a very small number of pictures, and you would then take it to them and just hope that the pictures didn't stink. Because you couldn't preview them. Right, and it cost you money. Each one cost money to print, and the film was expensive, and so you were pretty judicious with the number of pictures you took. So how many of you out there are saying, okay, boomer? Right? No, now we're Karens. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, today is so much better. You take a picture. You see what the picture is. You don't care how many pictures you take because they're all updated to the cloud. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going camping. That's what we're excited about. We had mentioned that we are going to a Harvest Host location, which is true. And a lot of those are open. So if you still haven't found a good place to camp, you might consider Harvest Hosts. Yeah, we have a discount on our discounts and deals section of our website. But Harvest Hosts are great because it's wineries, it's breweries, distilleries, farms, museums, golf courses, all these incredible locations. 
locations that are all Instagram worthy. And you go there, you don't pay to stay there. It's a annual fee to join Harvest Hosts. And then you get their list of over a thousand locations across these United States. And they don't charge you to stay there, but they have great things you're going to want to buy, like in our case, wine and <laughs> beef and pork, all kinds of stuff there. And so you just uh, bring your RV. It, you have to be fully self-contained because it's basically boondocking. Yep. And uh, bing, bang, boom. Great places to stay that yes. you'll want to tell your friends about. And tell them about the discount on our Discounts and Deals page. Yes, please. All right. Well, All right. speaking so, of boondocking, that's where you're going to be filling up your holding tanks. And this week's topic is holding tanks. Holding tanks. Oh, boy. Let's talk about tanks. Let's talk about tanks, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you while I stay inside. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it's a tankless job, but somebody's got to do it. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> By the way, I don't believe I've gotten all the puns out yet. Oh, good. So there may be Thank more. Thank heavens. Uh-huh. Indeed. So let's start at the very basic. So all modern RVs basically have holding tanks. There are usually three tanks or sometimes four. One is for your fresh water. One is for what they call black water, which is what comes out of the toilet essentially and the other one is usually gray water which is what you have in the shower and the sinks and there are plenty of rvs that have two gray water tanks larger ones where they're big enough that there's one gray water tank for basically the bathroom and one for the kitchen or however they have it rigged up the showers actually can take quite a bit of water so yeah so you have those tanks the very first and most important thing i can ever tell anybody is when you're at an rv park you know where you're you have full hookups do not leave that gate valve open under any circumstances right now you might say well wait i've been told to leave the grave valve open no don't do that just because you don't need the water to stay in the gray tank you need the water in the gray tank. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to need that water. And most importantly, you don't want to leave that open all the time because you don't want, if it, it's attached to a sewer, right? A sewer line. So that sewer line might have sewer flies or smells. And if you leave that valve open, then everything that can go down can also come back up. So those smells and those flies can come right up your drains and into your RV. When you're at an RV park, you are connected to a basically a sewer system with a whole bunch of other RVers. So let's say you have your gray tank gate valve open so that when you generate water, it just goes down and right into the RV park's sewer system. Well, let's say... Joe up the road now decides, ooh, I got to empty my black tank. And he pulls his black tank valve and fills the sewer system with whatever he's been doing all these days to fill his black tank. Well, that smell and also sewer flies can come up the hose into your RV. So you don't want his smell. So that's one of the reasons. The other is, let's say there's a plug up the road from you. And we've actually seen this happen. The sewer system, when Joe, three sites down, pulled the black valve. Of course, he dumps into the sewer system. Well, and then it backs up. We have actually seen this happen. And if your gray tank valve is open, 
guess what? Water takes a path of least resistance. Right. So that's where it's going to back up to. So smells, flies, the potential for a backup, those are all reasons not to do it. And there's a fourth reason, and that's the best one. As I said, don't leave your black tank gate valve open because what happens is when you use the toilet, especially when you're going number two, that drops down directly into the tank and water really helps dissipate all those byproducts of human consumption. It helps it mix all together and break everything up. Correct. So the the more water, the better. Well, if you leave the black tank gate valve open, what could and probably will happen is water will go woo and escape and go down, but the solids stay behind. They don't say woohoo. No, they're just like, well, we're hanging out here in the tank. And what can happen, and I've seen it happen, is it basically becomes a pyramid and dries out in that tank. And let's face it, if you're an RV technician, are you going to want to resolve that problem for somebody? Or are you going to charge them a boatload of money to resolve it for them? So if you leave the black tank closed and the gray tank closed, in the black tank, the water and all of those human byproducts can collect. And hopefully you have enzymes in the tank, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that will help to sort of dissolve those human byproducts. And then it becomes a much it's much more likely to go down the drain. Now, as I said, you've left your gray tank closed as well. So when you dump your black tank and after you've dumped it effectively, which again, we'll talk about in a moment, then you use the gray tank to chase the black tank. You know, you open the black tank, empty the black tank, close the black tank. Then you open the gray valve. Well, what that does is it helps to clean out your sewer hose too right so don't think that we're saying that the gray tank water is going to rinse out your black tank it will not but it will rinse out the hoses between the tanks and the sewer correct that's another reason to leave your gray tank closed it helps you can use that water later correct yeah it serves two purposes so that's a cool thing after you wash with it you wash with it right exactly (laughs) (laughs) okay Toilet paper. Peggy wrote a whole article about toilet paper. Peggy, what do you know about toilet paper? Other than it's hard to find in the stores right now. Right? Well, the first thing is that you want to bear in mind that your black tank is not a sewer. Your black tank is not really processing anything. You probably have some enzymes in there to help start the breakdown process, but it's just a holding tank. Your black tank is a holding tank. So everything that you put in there is going to have to come out through that three-inch hose later. Yep. So you don't want anything too big. You absolutely don't want flushable wipes. Flushable wipes are not flushable into a black tank, period. No. Ever. No, in, in fact, we have a friend who worked at the sewer department for a really big city, and flushable wipes were the bane of his existence. Right. You don't want feminine products. You don't want anything to be thrown into that toilet except human waste and toilet paper. And you want your toilet paper in small pieces because it will break down faster. And if you use a big old wad of toilet paper and it doesn't break down, 
you're likely to plug up that exit hose. Correct. Yeah. I'm looking at you, teenagers. <laughs> so what Peggy has figured out is three sheets per application, shall we say. <laughs> so you fold the toilet paper sheets and, you know, three sheets together. And that makes an effective... Uh, Wiping surface. Yeah, that. <laughs> Boy, this is an awkward subject. We know it is, but yeah. it's so very important. And it seems to elude a lot of people. Then as for the toilet paper itself, any septic safe toilet paper pretty much works because essentially it is a septic system. It's a big tank that all of the right. human waste. And, and so, I'm sorry. Oh, so, the, so the reason that the septic paper works is that it is designed to break down easier. So if you don't use septic safe paper... And you use maybe one sheet at a time, which feels awkward to yeah, me, but whatever. No way. Then you might get away with it because you'll just have tiny little pieces already that don't break down. But if you're going to use three or five, please don't use more than that, pieces of paper at a time at one time in one wad, it needs to be able to break down or you're going to plug up that three-inch hose on the way out. And it all kind of becomes a clump in the tank too right Ew. by the way i hope you're not eating while you're listening to this episode <laughs> maybe we should have put a disclaimer yeah, in the I know, beginning. Right? maybe <laughs> go back and put a disclaimer warning do not eat lunch while you listen to this episode also the other thing is i said that the the paper is going to break down well it's only going to break down if you've got some enzymes and you've got plenty of water we all want to be water conscious all the time not so much when we're talking about putting enough water into the toilet to dilute what's going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually all RV toilets have a provision where you can fill water in the bowl before you have a seat and take care of some business. So if you are going to go number two, fill your RV's toilet bowl with some more extra water so that the ratio of water to Human waste is a lot of water and some waste. So that'll help keep your bowl clean, but it'll also help to make sure that you put enough water down into the tank to start breaking everything down between now and the time that you dump it. Break it down, break it down. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of water is, is the key. And then we had talked about putting enzymes in the tank. We've tried a number of the different enzymes that they sell just all over and yeah they they kind of work the one we like the best is called tank tex rx and we'll put a link to where you can buy that in the show notes it basically was developed by a guy who spent a whole lot of time cleaning out rv tanks i don't know how familiar people are with septic systems i grew up in the city i didn't know anything about septic systems i never even heard of them but here where we live now a lot of people have their own personal septic systems on their property and i understand them better and i've learned that some of these enzymes and chemicals for the toilet have formaldehyde i don't think it's allowed to be sold in california so it's something for you to watch out for but if you care about the campground that you go to and know that it has a septic system, do them a favor and don't put formaldehyde down in the system because that kills all the enzymes that should be doing the work. Yeah. Basically, the way it works is those enzymes are little tiny... I call them buggies. Yeah, buggies that are super gross and their favorite food is 
human waste. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you put those enzymes into your tank, you pour these things or put a pillow down or however, whatever form you choose into the tank and the enzymes get to working and they are like, woohoo, look at that. It's a buffet. So they get to making big clumps into much smaller clumps, essentially, and it helps to flush out the tank and also helps the whole system. So it's actually a living ecosystem in there. Right. And they're kind of like um, gremlins, right? If you get them wet, they multiply. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so there that's you go. Why, that's, again, why you want to have enough water to kind of wake up those enzymes and get them started. But not AMC gremlins. No, not those. Okay. Let's talk about dumping your tanks. So here is how I dump our RV tanks, and it's been highly successful. First, we have a black tank flush on our trailer. The way that works, it's kind of like a little sprinkler inside the black tank, and it's one of the greatest inventions ever in terms of RV sewer systems. And I just cross my fingers that your RV has one too. If you are shopping for an RV, do not buy one without this. Okay, so here's how I dump the tanks. Basically, what I do is I hook up the sewer hose to my RV's tanks and to the wherever I'm dumping, the RV park or wherever it happens to be. Step two, I then hook up my black tank flush hose to the connection on the side of the RV. And then I pull the gate valve on the black tank, which causes the tank to start to empty of course and then i turn on the black tank flush which you know it's like a garden hose type of situation and it turns the sprinkler on inside the tank which helps to add water and clean out the tank and rinse down the walls right rinse down the walls now my hose i specifically bought a clear elbow so i see what's going down and eventually of course the things that we've been doing are gone and it's more just clear water coming out so then i always make sure i have a timer physically attached to me and in my case it's my watch and i then close the black tank valve now some of you are about to just jump out of your seats and say that's the dumbest thing ever (laughs) and i will agree if you do not monitor this closely you can flood your rv with remnants from your black tank So if you're doing this, make sure you have some way to check how long you're doing it. One of the options is maybe a hose timer. I have my watch and it has a timer on it. So I set it in my case for three minutes and I have the black tank flush running while the black tank gate valve, the sewer valve is closed. And then it sprays out the inside of the tank. Well, after three minutes, I pull the black tank gate valve again to dump the tank into the sewer and I look at what is going down and if it is running clear water, then I know I've successfully emptied the black tank. However, usually there'll be remnants of toilet paper and perhaps some other stuff going down. And so again, I repeat the process. Now here is the thing. People are going to tell you Don't do this because you literally can flood your RV by doing this. Do not let people distract you while you're doing this. It is, in my case, three minutes kind of fills the tank about halfway, and I I know this, but if you suddenly get distracted and walk away, oh, that could be so bad. And especially maybe the first few times, have your 
partner if you have one stand at the tank monitors i still do it sometimes just as a backup plan if i'm not doing something else really important i know that he's doing this three minute flush i will push that monitor button several times to make sure that the black tank isn't getting to the full mark yeah because again that would be super bad and by the way peggy and i just love well i love walkie talkies so peggy's in the trailer and i'm outside and she's so i can me, let him know hey it's a third of the way full hey it's two-thirds are you sure your timer's going off yeah right <laughs> again this is something you do not want to get distracted from doing and if you feel you may be distracted don't do, don't this do it at all yeah like i say the consequences of getting distracted it's bad 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 right and it's a very expensive repair that just makes you want to sell the RV. <laughs> Not that I have any firsthand experience myself, but I've oh, seen what yeah, happens. Yeah. Okay, so what I do is I'll repeat that process until, again, I pull the gate valve on the black tank, and I look at the clear elbow to see what's going down, and all I see that's going down is water. So then what I do is I leave the black tank still open, and I pull the gray tank gate valve, and the gray water will then go down the hose and clean it even more. And now remember that I have already verified that what's rolling through that hose is essentially clear water. So the gray is just one more kind of bonus cleaning of that hose so when i disconnect it i don't get any surprises then i close the black tank gate valve and the gray tank gate valve yeah don't leave those open because if you forget and then next time you go to use your oh, tanks yeah. there won't be any there won't be any holding it back right so now what you have are black and gray tanks that are completely empty theoretically and some rvs the tank extends a little below the actual hose or the pipe coming out of it but effectively the tanks are mostly empty but in some cases that's why it never reads completely empty because it never really is so then we pour about three gallons of just fresh water down the toilet along with two ounces i think of the enzymes that we use from tank tex rx right that starts those little suckers little buggies ready for their next meal delivery as it were <laughs> that's how we do it now there's a few people talk about the bio geo method of cleaning your tanks and essentially i have two of the three steps of that in what i do they flush the tanks add a few gallons of water and then they add a half a cup of borax after they've drained the tank and that's inexpensive stuff and then optionally, you can add a half a cup of Dawn dishwashing liquid. That is a what they call a surfactant, and that basically binds to oils and such and helps to draw them out of the tank. And you can add that to the freshwater tank as well. Putting Dawn in that tank is sort of like washing dishes with it. It cuts the grease. Yeah. It holds onto the grease and helps it uh, eliminate when you dump your tanks. Exactly. Now, there are some myths, some RV tank myths that basically don't work. <laughs> One of those, ice cubes in the tank. A lot of people say, dump ice cubes down the tank. It'll help to clean it out. Not really. There's a video that James did from the Fit RV where he had basically a clear tank that he recreated as a RV holding tank and he put ice cubes down. And you have to drive like evil Knievel or a complete <laughs> maniac to even do the littlest bit of anything. But typically the 
ice cubes melt before anything actually happens. Right. So, By the way, if this topic fascinates you in this way, James from the Fit RV does a lot of videos with his fake black tank. It's yeah. really fascinating. His videos are fantastic. <laughs> That's one of them, ice in the tank. And so we'll put a link to these. I think I know where that came from. I mean, that idea... When I worked fast food, we would take the glass coffee carafe from making coffee, uh-huh. and we would put in a little bit of water, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of ice, and then we'd swirl it and swirl it around. And the ice you know, would kind of stick to the salt, and that would make it like a scrubber, and it would scrub the inside of the coffee pot. Okay. So I think that's where the idea of ice comes from. Like, the idea is to swirl it around in the tank, but... You'd have to use an awful lot of ice in that big old tank to get it to swirl properly to actually scrape the sides of the tank. Yeah, and to get your RV to move that ice around like that, ooh, you were, you were. Yeah, your RV doesn't like really want to move no, like that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we don't recommend using ice cubes. No. Not that it will hurt anything. It just won't really it doesn't help. really do anything. Also, one of the things with the black tank, you know, make sure that the supports that hold the black tank in can support the black tank if it's full of water and ice and you're driving around like a maniac. Because, yes, we have replaced supports on RV holding tanks. Right. Not only is the whole RV not designed for that, but the support of the black tank might not be made to where you swirl it around (laughs) for a while. Yeah, not all of these RVs are completely thought through all the way. Sometimes they just don't put a good enough support. There's a forum that I belong to and a lot of tanks have come loose and it's not a good thing. Well, if putting ice in there and driving like a maniac was the preferred method, then they'd probably put better supports on the tank. But that's just not the way it's really designed. Probably not. Also, things that have not worked is spray valves that you attach outside the tank. The ones right at the gate valve that theoretically spray upwards into the tank. James also did some videos with that and none of them work. They're real good at cleaning out your gate valve. Yeah. (laughs) But not the tank. What has worked is there's an aftermarket black tank flush like a spinning valve and that worked really well and that's effectively what a black tank flush valve is inside your rv tank so like i say if your rv has one two thumbs up to you and if it doesn't research the methods and the products that are out there and try to look for something that would actually work i think the aftermarket valve that you can spray the inside of the tank with or an aftermarket hose or valve that you can stick down the toilet and spray the inside of the tank with yeah that just seems kind of messy because you have to drag a hose through the rv and stuff but i mean maybe that's better than not spraying it out at all Right. They have those and that is an option, but again, it's kind of a pain in the neck. And one last little tip, don't use the same hose that you use for your freshwater tank to attach to your black water flush valve. What we bring along is one of those hoses that kind of shrivels up. Yeah, it shrivels up like a, I don't know what. (laughs) One of those hoses. Like a balloon. Yeah, one of those hoses that shrivels up like a balloon. That's what we use and it's only for the black tank flush and it's in the little crate that we have of all the black tank stuff. Right, it's completely separate from our water system hoses. So there you go. I hope you're flushed with excitement with this topic (laughs) you were waiting for that one i was well i'm hoping people are thankful oh man i don't where's the cricket (laughs) sound effect on this mixer (laughs) wow (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I love puns. I know you already know that. Anyway, so there you go. So a little bit of uh, information about your tanks. And we we'll hope that, have... that was helpful. We hope it was useful. If you have any questions, obviously, we want you to reach out and let's talk about it. Indeed, because, you know, I love talking tanks. Hey, how'd you like to make money with your RV? Ooh, I'd love to. You can. Tell me how. Well, our partner RV Share, you know, it's a great way to find an RV if you're kind of looking and thinking about dipping your toes into the RV experience. Sure, we can rent one from somebody else. Right. Well, what if you're the somebody else and you have an RV and, you know, a lot of these just sit around a great deal of the time. Especially now. Right. (laughs) But even in general, you can actually list your RV for rent on RV Share and they've got all kinds of great insurance and protections built in so that you're protected but you can actually make money with your rv and we know more than one person who has made so much money with their one rv they bought another one to rent through rv share so if you've got an rv that you you know sitting around a good deal of the time or even a lot of the time well, you might turn that into money in your pocket with RV Share. And of course, if you're looking to get into the RV lifestyle, RV Share is there for you too. And we have a discount on our discounts and deals page. So check it out and see the whole story on our website. Well, now that we're all starting to get out on the road again, a few of us anyway, and heading out, Peggy found something that I thought was super cool. This, I think this is awesome. Basically, roads that play songs as you drive over them. Right, so today on The List, we're going to give you some musical roads that you might want to go drive on. Indeed. And apparently this all started in Denmark and was called the Asphaltophone. Say that ten times fast. That, 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 (laughs) that. But yeah, the Asphaltophone. And it was an artist who decided to try this out. And as you drive over it, there are basically dots that the rumbling of your tires makes it kind of a a tone or a song. So most of these, you have to be driving at the right speed because the dots or the grooves that are put into the road are spaced in a way that they want you to drive exactly that speed. It hits the E note or whatever, and it plays a song. With your tires. (laughs) Right. And so you're basically your whole car vibrates as a big old speaker (laughs) playing a piece of a song. Exactly. After the asphaltophone, there's uh, a few in Japan. Now I'm thinking you're probably not going to. Maybe you won't take your RV to Japan, nor might you drive your RV to South Korea. Correct. But if you happen to be driving in Japan or in South Korea, you could drive on these. So in South Korea, what they were thinking is that people were driving too fast and there was a lot of accidents. And so they said, if you drive a specific speed over this road, it will play a song. So, of course, people are intrigued by that and it slows them down. It's 100 kilometers an hour or basically about 62 miles an hour. If you drive over this road in South Korea, it will play Marianne Marianne Little Lamb. Little Lamb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so maybe we don't want to drive to Denmark, Japan or South Korea. But if you get yourself into New Mexico, you'll find one there. Yeah, that's actually here in the U.S., isn't it? Right. It's on Route 66. Yeah, it's kind of on our list of trips to make Oh, yeah, someday. we're definitely going to find this <laughs> road. And it's between Albuquerque and Tijeras. Okay. And it plays America the Beautiful. That's right. So you have to be going 45 miles an hour and drive over these grooves in the road, and it plays America the Beautiful. And hang on, we can we can play you the sound of what it sounds like. So okay, here go we go. Okay, go for it. 
What'd you think? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Getting all, feeling all patriotic. <laughs> all right. So the one that we'll probably make it to first yep. is in California. It's in Southern California in the city of Lancaster. And it plays the William Tell Overture, which you will know as the Lone Ranger song. Yeah. You, which you may know as the Lone Ranger song, but we already talked about how much older we are than all you other kids out there. Not, not all. <laughs> not all. It was put there for a Honda Civic commercial. Basically, they made these grooves in the road so that when you go over it, in theory, it plays the... William Tell Overture. They actually put it on one of the streets outside of Lancaster. I don't know if you know the town, but they're all there's a whole series of alphabetized streets. They had it on Avenue K. The neighbors complained because there was too much noise. Yeah. Imagine all night long. <laughs> so they moved it to Avenue G, I believe it is. And, Gee. you know, there's a sign and you have to be in the right lane and you have to do all the right things and then you can be the Lone Ranger. Hi, old silver. <laughs> so, Anyway, that's a little bit of fun you could have on the road. Well, did we leave your holding tanks empty or there's still a tank load of questions? Here it goes again. <laughs> you should come to our Facebook Stressless Camping page and talk about it. Let us know if we helped you, if we still need to help you, if you can help us. Let us know. Just get on there and talk to us. And some of you may think I'm beyond help. but Well, yeah. Help me. Yeah. Please. Please help me. (laughs) Well, we are in all the social places, but you can find us at our campground at stresslesscamping.com. And from there, there's a gateway to all of those social places. That's right. And you should tell your friends because it gets lonely out there if you're the only one. Absolutely. And, of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free to subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And you know a review would help others find the podcast and more listeners means we can get you the best guests, best topics. So, please, if you haven't done it, leave us a review. We surely appreciate it. We sincerely do. We sincerely appreciate your being here. Thank you very much for joining us this week and happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping. <laughs>